Hey, family. My name is Eddie. I am the lead pastor here at Grace Covenant Church in Sterling. Um, thank you for being with us in this unique moment. Uh, I'll be honest, I literally almost walked in front of the camera while Pastor Jermaine was, was speaking, and that would have been awesome. I'm glad I caught myself. Uh, I can't see you, so I have brought up a card that has some pictures of you so I can think of you, family, because I want you to know that I've been praying for you and that I hope that, that this moment, this, this message is, is something that's going to be encouraging and, and meaningful for you. Um, again, thank you for joining us. If you're new, uh, I hope that you have felt somewhat welcomed. I, I wish that we could be shaking hands and, and looking at one another uh, eye to eye. Uh, but obviously some things prevent us from doing so, but I appreciate that you're with us, and I hope that you've been encouraged so far. If you would like to get connected with us, you can still do that. As Jermaine said, please go to our website, gracecov.org slash sterling, and there will be a place where you can get connected. You can give us a little bit of your information, and we would love to reach out to you and, and support you, especially if in this time of need and, and, and all the challenges and, and things that are going on with COVID-19. If you have a specific need that you need addressed, we'd love to be a part of the process of meeting that need. Um, we're, we're looking and we're trying to find ways to creatively meet the needs in our community, and we'd love to hear from you if you have a need. So we are... Um, we're being forced to consider what, what it, what's essential to life right now. There's been a lot of conversation about essential, uh, essential uh, personnel, essential services, and, and there's this idea that there's some things that are, that are almost superfluous now, it seems like, and then there are things that are, that are essential. You know, some, there, there have been times where we took certain things for granted is I have to be able to do this. I have to be able to go out. Uh, to see a movie every month just to kind of blow off some steam. I have to be able to go do this other thing. I need to make sure I can get to the gym uh, three times a week. And we're finding out, oh, you know what? I can live without going to the gym. And I could have told you that. But um, you, you, you have, there are things that we're realizing that they're not as essential as we once thought. And there, there are things I think that we're realizing are, are much more essential. Essential, again, personnel, essential services. And so today, this morning, I want to consider what is essential for us to believe and do now. What is essential for us to believe and do now? And I'm going to be reading out of the uh, book of Psalms, um, the 23rd chapter, Psalms 23. This is a, a fairly well-known psalm. Uh, it's, it's the Lord is my shepherd psalm. But I want us to think about this and hear this with, with fresh ears so would you read along with me as I read Psalm 23, verses 1 through 6. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord to us. Let's pray. 
God, in this moment where we are looking for guidance, for leadership, when we're looking to to really react and respond and reorient ourselves around these circumstances that we find ourselves in, would you speak to our hearts to remember who you are and who you are specifically for us? God, we thank you that you are a good, covenant-keeping, promise-keeping God, that you've made so many promises to us, and that in this psalm you promise to be our leader, our guide, our provider, our protector, the one who prepares uh, a table for us. Would you be with us now as we study your word together? In Jesus' name, amen. So what I want to say today is that since the Lord, our promise-keeping God, is our provider, our protector, and the one who prepares a table for us, we can rest in his care. Family, my guess is that many of you have been struggling with restlessness, maybe restlessness due to anxiety, restlessness due to fear, restlessness due to uncertainty. And in this moment, I want to encourage you that since the Lord is our promise-keeping God and he's our provider, our protector, and the one who prepares the table for us, we can rest in his care. You see, in Psalm 23, the, the psalmist writes that, that the Lord is my, my shepherd, and he says, I shall not want. In other words, I, I don't have any of needs that aren't being met. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, it, what it doesn't say is, I am my shepherd. It doesn't say, Bill from accounting is my shepherd. You know, I, I know that there are a lot of parents, and if you've been looking online, you've seen that there are a lot of parents who are, um, they're thinking through the wonderful challenge of having their children at home. And they're finding out that there are limitations physically, emotionally, that they have as parents that they did not know were there originally. They, they've been with little Billy and little, little Sarah or, or whatever their names are, and, and they love these little ones, but there have been moments this week where you have thought to yourself, what am I going to do with this child? You've, you've Googled the internet, you've looked for ways to entertain them, you've given them your iPad, you've told them to go uh, play with something, anything, just go to your room and be quiet. And, and, and we bumped up to some limitations. And the reality is that experience of limit is something that we all experience, whether it's in our parenting, in our in our marriages, in our relationship, in our employment, in, in the world, we have these limitations. And because of these limitations, we find ourselves, if we depend upon these things, wanting. We find ourselves lacking. But what does the psalmist say? He says, the Lord is my shepherd, therefore I shall not want. Now, who is this Lord that we speak of? That word Lord, if you look in your Bible, uh, it, it uses small caps, and that means there's a big L and then a small capital O-R-D. That, that's used to signify the word Yahweh, or you know, it used to be referred to as Jehovah. But it's this name that God has given to describe his, his nature and his character in relation to uh, his covenant people. And so uh, we, we see it introduced when he speaks to Moses, and Moses says, okay, um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know what to say to these people. Who am I going to say sent me to bring them out? Who, what am I going to tell the elders when they say, who, whose authority do you come by? And, he, and God says, 
Tell them I am has sent you. Tell him uh, I am who I am has sent you. And, and that phrase boils down to this name Yahweh or Lord as we see it in our English Bibles. The Lord is our covenant keeping God. A covenant is it's an agreement made in blood. It's, a, it's more than a contract because it's, it's made in blood and there was a, an agreement that God had made with his people that he would be their God, they would be his people. That's the same covenant that he's made with us in Jesus Christ, that he would be our God through Jesus Christ and we would be his people. And in Psalm, or not, sorry, in, in, in Exodus 34 verses five and six, we see God further explain this name. He, he goes on to describe himself, not just as I am, but he, he adds some characteristics of his name, I am. And, and Moses is speaking with God and, and Moses is saying, please show me your glory. Show me, just give me a glimpse of your, your awesomeness, God, because I need to see it. Family, do you need to see a glimpse of God's goodness? Do you need to see a glimpse of his, his awesomeness in this moment? He, hear how God responds to him. He says, I, I can't show you my glory because it would kill you, but, but I'm going to let my goodness pass before you. And he says in verses uh, 5 and 6 of chapter 34 of Exodus, The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And he goes on to describe himself further. But he says, I am the Lord, the Lord. And what do I mean by that? A God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. This is the Lord of whom we speak. This is the Lord of whom the, the, the psalmist says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. My covenant keeping God is my shepherd and I shall not want. Who have you been looking to this week to lead your heart and mind? Have you been looking at the news outlets? You know, what, what's the news saying about COVID-19? What's the news saying about all the, the worries that I have? Have you been looking at your, your county information board? Have you been looking at, at uh, your job, your spouse, your kids? Come on, kids, just please, all, I'm just begging you, give me a moment of peace. Who have you been looking for to meet your needs? The reality is the Lord is our shepherd. And when we recognize that, we recognize that he will meet our needs. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He goes on to describe what this provision is. You see, the Lord, our covenant-keeping God, is our shepherd, and that means that he is the one who provides. He says in verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pastures, verdant green pastures, the kind of pastures where you don't have to work at to get food. There's this picture of sheep just grazing freely without any effort, without any, you know, everywhere we look, you know, if, if this was me writing it, you know, you lead me through tables of bacon and, and burgers and, and, and fries. It just wherever I look, oh, this is food I want. There's food I want. I, I don't have to seek it out or find it. I don't have to go to DoorJash. It's right there in front of me. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. The still waters give a picture of, of peace, of serenity. This God who's providing for us, this God offers an abundance of provision, offers an abundance of peace. Christian, if you need rest, find it in God today. I imagine that you need rest. 
imagine that that you've been struggling with the, the challenges of, of working from home. I know that for me personally, there's been this unique challenge of, of being at home and, and you know, you've got your, your kids and your family and you've got those responsibilities and you've got your work responsibilities. And then there's the reality that everyone seems to think that we're working all the time right now, you know, 6 a.m. all the way to 10 p.m. because emergencies don't stop at 5 o'clock. They don't work 9 to 5. And so we're, we're needing rest. And that is what God promises. He promises to provide abundantly. He promises to give rest abundantly. He goes on to say, he restores my soul. He provides physical and emotional and, and, and spiritual renewal and strength. Right, family? God wants to give you strength. He wants to renew your soul. This is why Pastor Brett always says, read your Bible every day. Not because that's, that's what good Christians do, but because this, this is where God feeds us. This is where God meets us and, and satisfies our soul. This is where God restores our soul. And he goes on to say that, that he leads me in paths of righteousness. In other words, he leads me along the right path. He's not taking me along wrong paths. He's not taking me, taking me to the wrong place, but he's, God has a plan. He has a destination and he has, he has a route for us. You know, he's not like your regular GPS that just tries to figure it out and leads you straight into traffic. No, he's a God who knows exactly where he's going and he's going to take us there the most efficient way that he can. He provides. He provides for us not only in moments of ease, but also in difficulty. You see, our, our father, our shepherd, he's also a protector. He goes on in verse 4 and says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, you've, you've heard this. I'm, I imagine this is a, a, almost a cultural touchstone, this phrase, the valley of the shadow of death. And, and, and it can be easy to kind of hear that and, and hear it in its poetic kind of cultural baggage and, and you almost don't feel the the weight of of emphasis that is putting there but he says even though i walk through the ravine the valley of what the shadow of death the darkest of death this place where i it's uh, there's uncertainty there's danger but who's there i will fear no evil for you are with me god is the one who is with us he protects us you see, family, Christianity is not a naive faith. Hopefully it's not a naive faith for you. It's not a faith that says, um, I believe in God because he makes my life easier. I believe in God because he, he makes all my problems go away. Pring! That's, that's not what God promises to do. He doesn't necessarily promise that I'm going to take away all the difficulties of your life. Your marriage is going to be 100% better, and, and you're never going to have a fight again. You're never going to have an argument again. Your parenting is going to become so much easier. Your kids are going to become wonderful, loving little cherubs who sing in harmony and, and bring you your slippers and, and cook dinner for you. This is not what God promises. He doesn't promise that you're going to have the, the perfect sports car that you want, and, and the biggest of houses that you want. No, but he promises that in the midst of your challenges, your real trials, your suffering, that he will be what? With you. And not only is he with us, he's, he's not with us watching from afar, but no, he's close with us. 
He says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He comforts us and protects us. That, that rod, that word rod, it, it was this like cudgel, this, this stick that, that shepherds would use to fight an, against an enemy. It, it's something that, that an, a shepherd would use to protect his sheep. God promises to protect us. Now, sometimes, family, the protection that he gives is not the protection that we expect. And we have to recognize that sometimes our expectations of God have to shift rather than us saying, well, God, you didn't protect me in the way that you wanted, so, so therefore, maybe you're not good. No, he promises to protect. That staff, it, it was a, a hook that would, would protect the sheep by keeping them from going out of line, keeping, keeping them in line, keeping them going within the boundaries that shepherd was, was, was preparing and, and setting for the sheep. He promises to protect them by providing discipline, by providing boundaries. But here's what he doesn't say. He says, even though I walk through the... He didn't say, even though I walk around the valley, even though I walk above the valley, even though I walk near the valley. He says, even though I walk through the valley. Family, we are walking, many of us, through valleys. And, and maybe in this moment, in this moment of darkness, you've been asking yourself, where is God? I'm walking through a valley, so I, I shouldn't... Has God left me? I shouldn't have to walk through a valley. But the, the consistent testimony from Scripture is that God will guide us through valleys. God will guide us through valleys. And so he does so, and he, but he says, even though I walk through the valley of shadow death, I will not fear. Why? Because God is with us. We're able to stand fearless because God is with us. How have you navigated your fears recently? How have you, have you handled the, the, the fear-mongering that's been going on? How have you handled the anxiety that's been brought up? How have you handled the fear that other people have had? Have you, have you internalized that fear? Or have you been able to say, you know what, even though we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil because God is with us and God is good and he loves us. There's no shame if you struggled with fear. There's no shame. If, I'm, I'm not trying to bring a sense of condemnation, but I, wanna, I want us to lift our eyes to the God who walks with us through the valley of the shadow of death. And, and he says that, that we can overcome fear and death because God is with us. And in John in, in case there's any question about how this relates to us as a New Testament people, John records Jesus' words that he says in, in chapter 16 of the, the Gospel of John, verse 33, Jesus says this, I have said these things to you. Um, he, he talks about his suffering that's going to happen, that he's going to be um, betrayed, and, and um, they're going to be scattered. And he says, I, said th- I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace, In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Did you hear Jesus' words? He said, I want to give you peace. I recognize, though, you live in the world, and in the world, you're going to have tribulation. So there's a way of having tribulation. There's a way of having trials. There's a way of having difficulty, and yet at the same time, having peace. And our peace is not dependent upon our circumstance. Our peace is not dependent upon our situation. Our peace is dependent upon the one whom we trust. And he says, you can trust me. I have overcome the world. We can trust him. And because the Lord is our provider, because the Lord is our protector, 
he, he will also provide a place. He will prepare a place for us. Look at verses, verse 5 with me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Now, upon reading this, initially, it didn't make a lot of sense. Why would I want to eat in the presence of my enemies? That doesn't sound like a fun uh, dinner party. You know, you you having these like dagger eye glaring moments with, with your enemy or, or this fearful moment where you're seeing your enemy. But no, the picture here is, is of a victory feast, of a celebratory feast in which the enemy is bound and, and held captive. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy who have been defeated. We're not only eating in the presence of our enemy, but we're eating in the presence of our defeated enemy. And what are we doing? We're eating. We're celebrating. Right? We, we say there's, there's no meaning without eating at Grace Covenant Church, Sterling, because we want to celebrate. We're a celebratory people. And, and God promises in his word that, that he will prepare a table for us in the presence of his enemy, of our enemies. And what, what's going before is that he has already dealt with our enemies. He will vindicate us. Jesus has won the fight. You and I are called to stand in faith. If we were to go to Ephesians chapter 6 we, and we look at the armor of God and the command that God gives us, he doesn't give us the command to war and, and win the victory. He, he says, stand in faith. Stand in the faith of believing the gospel, believing what God has already promised and said, believing the victory that God has already won in Jesus Christ. Jesus has won the fight and we are called to stand in victory. He anoints my head with oil, my cup overflows. These are picture of, pictures of, of, of celebration and, and of abundance. We don't have to worry about our enemy because God has dealt with them. We can celebrate. And because of this, the Lord is our provider, our protector, and our preparer. Because of all of this, we can rest in his care. Family, you can rest in his care. Read verse 6 with me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Now, this is not some sort of like following you like a shadow. The word there, follow, has a sense of pursuit. Goodness and mercy will pursue me. God in his goodness will pursue me. God in his mercy will pursue me. Right, we, we heard uh, in in. Exodus 34, the, the name of the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, and his character, uh, gracious and merciful. The word mercy, uh, it, it can mean steadfast love. It's this idea of, of loving with intention, with passion, with direction. And he says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Family, goodness and mercy is going to follow you. Goodness and mercy is pursuing you even now. You may not see it, you may not feel it, you may not recognize it, but goodness and mercy in Christ are pursuing you. His mercy is after you. This is why Paul is able to say in Romans 8, chapter 8, verse 28, that, that God is working all things for our good. He says this, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. We could say, for those who are God's sheep, God is working all things 
for their good. The good things, the bad things, and Paul was not, he was not a stranger to suffering. He was not a stranger to trial. He was not some sort of fair weather believer who thought, you know, God is working all these good things for my good. He's working all these lollipops and candy canes and happy moments for my good. No, he's saying he's working the trials. He's working the suffering. He's working the broken hearts. He's working the pain for my good. And family, if you are in Christ today, he is working your, your difficulties. He's working your, your struggles. He's working your financial strain. He's working your parental challenges. He's working your marital challenges for your good. James says it differently in in James chapter 1. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. He's saying, be joyful, rejoice when you face trials. Why? Because the testing of your faith develops perseverance. God is at work developing something in you. Goodness and mercy are after you. And he says, uh, the psalmist says in in verse 6 at the end, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And for the psalmist, this is a picture of entering into the tabernacle. Of, of being in the presence of God. And we get to, to live out a fulfilled expression of that reality with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with us. Jesus said, it's good that I go, talking about ascending after his, after his resurrection. His disciples wanted him to stay. But he says, you know, it's good that I go because then I'll be able to send the helper. I'll be able to send the Holy Spirit who will be my presence. Family, even in your darkest of moments where you feel the most alone, if you are in Christ, you are not alone. And you are dwelling in the house of the Lord. You have become a dwelling place for God. You are dwelling in the house of the Lord. We are experiencing God with us. He is with us now. Family, there's a lot going on in the world and, and beyond what, what's happening in the news, what's being reported on, I know that for many of you, there are, there are very specific personal things that are happening, that there are, there are challenges that, that you are uniquely facing. And, and my encouragement to you in this moment is that, that even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God, the Lord, is with you. This covenant-keeping, faithful, loving Gracious, merciful, steadfast, loving God is with you. He's your provider. He's your protector. And he's preparing a table for you. Who have you trusted this week? Who have you looked to to alleviate your fears? Who have you looked to or what have you looked to to give you peace? What have you looked to to provide for your needs? Because God is here and he's saying, I am here and able He's expressed this ability to to provide for our needs, to protect us, to prepare a table most powerfully in Jesus Christ. He's given us his son, Jesus, who lived this perfect life that we all should have lived and died the death that we deserve. He, He is our ultimate shepherd who walks with us. And he, he lived his life as an obedient sheep in order that we might be able to live within the bounds of his blessing. This God who's made a covenant in time has made a new covenant in Christ. He confirms his commitment to provide for us. He confirms his commitment to protect us. He confirms his commitment to prepare a place at the victor's table for us. Have you trusted Jesus today? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that we are able 
because of technology to, to meet together in a sense, to, to gather around your word and hear what you would have to say to us. Father, I pray that, that we would be able to rest in your care, knowing that you are a provider, that you're a protector, and that you prepare a table for us. God, I pray that you would touch the hearts of those who are watching and listening, that they would be encouraged to trust you more fully today, to turn away from the other things they've trusted and trust in you, to put their faith in you. And and if you've never trusted Jesus to be your God, to be your Lord, the one who, who rules over your life, to be the one who saves you, this is your opportunity to respond in faith. Even as you watch a Facebook or Livestream.com stream, I don't have to be there because God is with you there. And my encouragement to you would be to to repent. The Bible says if we repent, turn away from our, our, our sin, turn away from everything we know to be disobedience toward God and trust in Jesus to be our Lord, our Savior, the one who saves us that he is faithful to, to forgive us of our sins and to give us new life, that he offers to new life to us. Would you do that today? If you, if you want to respond in any sort of way and you'd like prayer, um, we're praying with you. Uh, and, and you can email us at, at sterling at gracecub.org and let us know what's going on and we'll respond to you that way. You can check out our website, gracecub.org slash sterling to find out other ways you can get connected. Please don't let this moment be a moment that you don't respond in faith. And for those of you who who want to go further, let me remind you one more time that you can can meet us on Tuesday from 12 to 3 at Dominion High School uh, and and allow your faith to to move into action to help us support and, and move on behalf of Uh, our community. Family, I love you, and I thank you for all your goodness to us. Uh, At this moment, we're going to give a benediction. So be with me as I, I, I speak this blessing over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Family, you are awesome. I love you. See you next week.